Fantasy Football Sensei Podcast with your host, Trevor Scott. All right, welcome back in, guys. I'm super excited to be back. Sorry that I missed a couple episodes last week. We, With Thanksgiving, obviously, we were all busy. Um, but back this Tuesday and super excited to review everything that's happened the last couple weeks here. So we're going to get into some news. We're going to go over our hate drops. We're going to look at deadline deals. We're going to go into some roster idiots. Then we're going to look at all the recaps from last week and do some standings analysis. So the first item of news I wanted to break down was that new Taysom Hill contract. That happened last week, but we didn't get a chance to talk about it here. And so it was four years worth between 40 and 95 million with 22 and a half million guaranteed. Um, and that set the stage for him to be able to start. He was battling through some injuries. I believe it was plantar fasciitis was the big injury that he was dealing with and trying to get over. But with that in the rearview mirror now, he is expected to start um, and taking the place of Trevor Simeon. He's been taking reps with the one this week in preparation for this week's game. So look for Taysom Hill. We'll see how he does without Michael Thomas with the weapons that they do have in, uh, in New Orleans. But I'm excited to see him play. I think we're all excited to see him play. And I do expect that the Saints are going to make a playoff push here with all of the teams at five and six, six still very much in it. Um, and then from Simeon's angle, I, I think he's probably done in the NFL. He wasn't able to win a game in Sean Payton's system that has turned out product, uh, productive quarterbacks over and over. So unfortunately, I don't think we're going to see him start again. But he was such a great story. Seventh round pick. Thought he wasn't even going to get a shot in the NFL and ends up starting for the Broncos and getting backup opportunities. And, and he's he's been um, a great story to follow throughout his NFL career. Something else we didn't get a chance to go over was that Adrian Peterson got cut by the Tennessee Titans uh, with Devontae Foreman, uh, Deontay Foreman emerging and with Dontrell Hilliard kind of taking over that as that secondary role. Um, it didn't really leave Peterson anywhere to go in terms of uh, production or playing time. So they, they did let him go. It was very, very cool to see him get his 125th career touchdown. And I do think that his career is, is likely over at this point. I mean, I'm sure he's going to continue to try to play, but what a way to cap off his Hall of Fame career to be one of the very, very select few players that get to 125 touchdowns. As part of the buildup to uh, last week, Tyler benched his whole team. I don't know if it was in protest or because he was playing Hamza, so it's just funny to go against him. But, you know, just tried to shake it up to try and get that W. Unfortunately, it didn't quite work. He almost got there four points away. Um, but that was very entertaining to see that come back this year for the first time. And I mentioned that Corderell lost his wide receiver eligibility or something, but it was back this week, so I, I don't know. I don't know what happened, what I saw, or anything, but but it's there. Big week for Craig. We'll get into that later as part of the recaps. Um, and just a quick reminder on Cordero that Hamza outright dropped him, which I still think is pretty funny because Cordero has been awesome. All right, so now we're going to jump into injuries. There were a lot of them this week. Man, what a bummer to see how many injuries there were. Um, headlined by CMC going back on IR with an ankle injury. Um, he's out for the season. Second, second IR stint automatically makes you out for the season. Um, and that's just additional pain for Stevie Moe. I know he had some some trade offers potentially, but how can you trade somebody with that much upside? You know, it's just, it's just a really hard thing to do. I went through it last year. Um, and unfortunately, he'll have to roll without CMC the rest of the season. 
Dalvin Cook dislocated his shoulder and tore his labrum. It's an interesting development that he's only expected to miss two weeks. So they play Sunday and then they follow it with a Thursday night game. So he is going to miss those two games likely. But then he's maybe going to be back. I think that's a very quick timeline on a torn labrum, but we'll see. We might end up seeing him going to IR if they change their decision on, on wanting to push him to be able to play. DeAndre Swift was another one that had a shoulder injury. He re-aggravated this injury that he had from earlier in the year. I mean, he is expected to miss this week. Beyond that, it's not known or it hasn't been reported yet. I don't know if the Lions even know whether or not he's going to be able to go, but he will not be out there this week. Another huge bummer is Debo Samuel with the groin strain. Um, he looked emotional on the sideline and then was kind of joking around with his teammates. Maybe he got the diagnosis that it was mild, that he's only going to miss a couple weeks. Um, so he didn't look to be in a ton of pain. He'll be out one to two weeks. They're probably going to be depending on if they win or lose this next week because they are currently the sixth seed in the NFC and they're at six and five. So if they lose and a couple other teams get into the mix at six and six, maybe they do everything they can to rush him back. But if they get that win, maybe they can afford to sit him one more week just to get him all the way right and get him ready for the playoffs. While he's out, obviously a boost for Kittle and Ayuk in the meantime. I don't know how much more you can boost Elijah Mitchell, 23 touches. So we'll get into that later as well. But I think Kittle and Ayuk are the main beneficiaries here. Um, Darren Waller is week to week with a knee injury. It looked really bad when it happened, but then now they're saying he's only a short amount of time and that he's still trying to figure out how he feels and what what's going on with his knee. So hopefully we see him back in a couple of weeks. Jordan definitely is going to need him if he's going to be able to push his way into the playoffs. So hopefully we get a clean bill of health from him here shortly. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater hurt his lower leg on a hit. Um, I forget who hit him. I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but he gutted it out in the second half after missing a lot of the first half was in and out. Uh, Drew Locke came in and, and uh, held down the fort until halftime, and they they were able to pull out the win. Bridgewater was able to get the W over the Chargers, which is obviously very sad for all of us. Ugh, can't believe the Chargers lost to the Broncos. Now they have the same record as the Broncos, and it's like so many good teams in the AFC competing for those last couple spots. Jalen Hurts is dealing with an ankle injury. Hopefully he's okay. I don't necessarily think it's going to hold him out. Um, and they do have a bye week in week 14. So I think there is a possibility that they decide to sit him this week, but I don't think that that's very likely. I think he's going to be good to roll. And then Rodgers is still dealing with COVID toe. Um, he's still playing amazing. He's been great the last two weeks. So I don't know. They're going into their bye week, and there was some talk that he might have surgery going into the bye week, but then they said they're going to hold off on surgery for now. So I, I don't really know what to think of this. I think he's just going to continue to play great. Um, he didn't practice all week and then went out there and dominated. So I don't, I don't really know what to expect uh, moving forward or if just rest is going to be able to help this. Um, I do know that it's made for a lot of great memes with Rogers holding his foot up to a camera, you know, I mean, what a joke, but uh, it was, <laughs> it was very entertaining to, to say the least to see him do that. And I really hope that he's going to continue to be able to perform on the field, whether or not he gets surgery for this injury. In the same game, Randall Cobb suffered a groin strain. He might be out for a while or might be back after the bye. They don't really have a lot of clarity on that. So we'll see on what happens with Randall Cobb. Um, in the night game last night, J.D. McKissick was carted off the field after getting hit on the top of his head. So I don't know if that was concussion related or neck injury related. They they did cart him off and he was sitting up. 
So that makes me think that they weren't necessarily as worried about a neck injury and maybe more so about a concussion um, ultimately after they evaluated him on the field. But it did not look good. Lots of players around him. So praying for McKissick that everything works out for him and that he's going to be able to make a full recovery. Daryl Henderson suffered a quad injury. This one kind of flew under the radar. There was like only a couple notifications about it. We didn't get an update on his status, which makes me think he's going to play. But we don't know yet at this point. So keep an eye on Daryl Henderson. That would be a bad uh, player to miss for Mike. So hopefully he's going to be good to go. And I'm not sure. I think Mike has Sony Michelle, so he should be able to plug and play Michelle if Henderson is out. But hopefully Henderson's able to get back out there and this injury is going to be something that's relatively minor. Melvin Gordon got hurt on the first play. And so, you know, I was, I was bummed about that, but then he was able to get right back in there, got 18 touches. So I think he's, he's totally fine. I'm not even really sure what it was like a chest injury or something. Maybe he just got the wind knocked out of him um, and had to come off the field for that, that series. But him and Javante Williams continue to be just an awesome duo in the backfield for, uh, the Broncos, I know we discussed before their bye week that Gordon had that terrible fumble, but I, I just don't think that that ultimately is going to impact him. He's, I think they're going to continue to be 1A and 1B, and they're both going to be great for fantasy purposes. And then Miles Sanders was in and out of the game. I'm not 100% sure what happened. He was being evaluated on the sideline. That makes me think evaluated for a concussion or a head injury or something like that. Um, but he was in and out of the game, and that left the door open for Boston Scott to swoop in on a bunch of work, got the touchdown, which ultimately sunk Matt, which was tough. Uh, but Sanders should be good to go. He, he only got 10 touches this week, obviously way down from what you would expect. But I think going forward, he should be okay. So keep an eye on Sanders and his workload in the next week or two. And then not particularly relevant for fantasy, but Dan Arnold suffered a, a knee injury and he's going to be out four to six weeks. So praying for a speedy recovery for him, but I really just don't think that that's going to ultimately impact any of our teams over the next month. So getting into hate drops. I didn't get to do this last week. I had I had the hate drops up from last week because Matt had hate dropped Meikle Hardman into Ernest Johnson. Jared had hate dropped the Chargers D and the Bucks D. Mike hate dropped Samaj Pirine. So it was very entertaining to see all those drops last Thursday. And then this, oh, I'm sorry, Tuesday. And then this Tuesday, just earlier today, McManus got dropped by Matt, another hate drop. Tony Jones got dropped by Tyler. He had a great opportunity and did nothing with it. So I don't think any of us blame Tyler for cutting Jones. And then Craig dropped the Carolina Panthers defense. That had to do with the trade we made, but still a Tuesday drop. We also had some deadline trades. So we had four trades the week of the deadline, which was super fun to see, lots of action. So there was one between Mike and Craig that landed Craig Latavius Murray and landed Mike Dawson Knox and Jacoby Myers. Um, this is the second time Craig has traded Myers, which I thought was very entertaining. I had him once and cut him, and then Craig re-added him and traded him to Mike. Um, and so this this move came on the back of his of Craig's trade with Matt to get Devonte Freeman and Rob Gronkowski, and he and Craig sent Matt Antonio Gibson. So he wanted Craig wanted to lock down the Baltimore backfield after trading away Gibson. So he kind of remade his tight end spot by getting Gronk, and remade his running back three spot by getting Freeman and Latavius out of these two deals. Um, then I made a deal with Tyler. So Tyler had Clyde Edwards Elair on buy and Tyler really needed, uh, improvement at flex. So he wanted to get Javante from me, asked about it and, 
And uh, we ultimately settled on CEH and Sutton for Javante. So I, I think for me, I got the more consistent player and took a flyer on Sutton. You know, I, he ultimately was bad this week, but, you know, coming out of his big contract and out of the bye week, I felt like maybe they would get him more involved. And then Tyler got the player for this week specifically. And then the player that has a little bit higher upside. So maybe that can help him in the sackle bowl uh, towards the end of the year. And then the final trade was between me and Craig right before the end of the Monday night football game. I sent him Heineke and Landry and got Brandon Cooks. So Landry's on by this week, and I really needed a third receiver be with A.J. Brown going down. So I, I got Cooks, which is a little bit of an upgrade on Landry. And Craig gets a third quarterback in Taylor Heineke. We'll see if he hangs on to Justin Fields, too, but I don't know that Justin Fields is going to be that good just for fantasy in general. Um, he had a couple good, better games, but... I think Heineke has been a lot more consistent if he ultimately does have to turn to a third quarterback. Also just helped us get our trade fix right before we can't trade anymore for this year. Hashtag no trade, trade deadline. Okay, so let's jump into the roster idiots now of the week. So just off the top, Tyler, Craig, Gavin, and me, all clear for this week. No, no issues with the rosters, but everybody else has something coming. So... Stevie Mo didn't get Zach Moss onto IR. It was a, a healthy scratch, so he wasn't declared out or questionable all week. So Stevie Mo must have just missed that one. Um, but yeah, he was he was out and on his bench. Um, Jared kept a kicker on by. I called Gavin out for that, so I got to call Jared out for that now. And he had empty bench spots too. So maybe Jared will get a full full bench now after getting his his starting lineup figured out. Um, Jordan left Amari on his bench, even though he was on the COVID list and Sterling Shepard was out and ultimately was on his bench too. Um, and he still has Michael Thomas and Robert Tunyon in his IR spots. So he could have cut those guys because they're out for the season to put Amari and Shepard into the IR spots. Mike making his debut on Roster Idiots. He left Corey Davis in the bench on his bench despite being out. Um, I don't know if that was intentional or not. I think Corey Davis was in his lineup until he got declared out. So he must have just made a switch and forgot that he was able to put him into IR. So, um, you know, he'll get that figured out. And uh, Matt left an open bench spot, so he could have made a, a waiver ad right before the Sunday games kicked off, um, but ultimately didn't get that done. And Hamza left Ingram on his bench, who was out. He he does have a full IR, so I don't know if that one entirely counts, but he could have cut somebody like Devontae Parker and put Ingram into his IR spot and added a, another player. But, you know, if that's not what he wanted to do, then that's fine. Just carry five hurt guys. So that wraps up that section, and now we'll get into the game recaps. Lots to review from a big week, and we're going to start with Craig and Gavin. Uh, the heavyweight matchup definitely lived up to the hype. We called this one the matchup of the week going in. Two highest scoring teams and cleared the third highest scoring team by 36 points, who was Mike. Um, for Gavin, uh, the first thing that I have to mention on, on him is that he dropped Daniel Carlson after holding Matt Gay through his bye week. And then Daniel Carlson was the number one kicker for this week. I mean, that is just poetic justice. I just love it. Love this game because of stuff like that happening. Um, and then Gavin just obviously had a monster week. I mean, what else can you say? Mixon over 30, Elijah Mitchell, Dak, and Waddle at 25. Um, and even Odell and Gage on his bench went off. Both of them had over 15. So he's just hitting on all cylinders. He's got two weeks left in the regular season to really push his team up. Still very much alive for the two seeds. So we'll see how he ends up wrapping up the regular season. Um, and then from Craig, he's maintained his 
uh, first place status in points despite taking a loss. So he is still ahead of Gavin in the standings. Um, getting Patterson back was huge for his team, 26 points, um, and was just locked into his RB spot. Really, really encouraging performance from Patterson, who who actually got most of his production from rushing this week instead of from receiving as he has in the past. So we'll see how his role kind of shakes out, but 16 carries and hundred over hundred yards and two rushing touchdowns. Amazing, amazing performance from Patterson. And for the rest of Craig's team, every single one of his players, except for his defense hit double digits. So, I mean, that sort of performance is going to fuel a big total. Um, and he didn't sustain any injuries, so he's in good shape rolling into next week. The second best matchup of the week was definitely Mike and Matt. A uh, big-time nail-biter all the way down to the end of Monday Night Football as Antonio Gibson was just trying to get Matt that win that he needed. Um, for for Matt, he also had Sanders get banged up. That hurt him quite a bit. And like I mentioned earlier, only 10 touches and missed out on the touchdowns. So that was a bummer to see for, for Matt. Um, and then he also had three pretty big duds in Chase, Judy, and Kittle. Um, I think there are better days ahead for all of those players, but the Broncos passing game just doesn't look very good. So I don't know about Judy with the Debo injury. Kittle should be good rolling before the playoffs. And we'll see how his role uh, sustains once, once Debo is back. Um, I don't, I don't know what's up with Jamar chase. I, that's the one I'm actually most worried about because that's the one who's supposed to be the best of that trio. Um, four straight games under 50 yards, only one touchdown in his last four games. And at this point, I think we, have to start asking, or there's at least a little bit of a debate whether or not he's still the best rookie wide receiver for the rest of the season with how Jalen Waddle is playing. So, you know, keep an eye on Chase. I think he's going to be okay ultimately, but T. Higgins stepped up in a big way and Joe Burrow hasn't been playing as good the last few weeks. So maybe it's Chase related, maybe it's Burrow related, maybe it's Higgins related, but this offense is something that we have to, this passing offense is something that we have to keep an eye on moving forward. And then for Mike, the Dolphins defense totally saved his day. 26 points. That is unheard of. That is just such an amazing day. Completely shut down Cam Newton and the Panthers um, and had a touchdown, lots of sacks, lots of turnovers. Just a great day from them. Um, and playing Aaron Jones over A.J. Dillon almost cost Mike this matchup. Um, Jones was clearly still banged up. I don't even know why they made him active. He had like 10 carries, no, no work in the passing game at all. Only like 30 yards. Um, and meanwhile, Dylan had 25 touches, five of those receptions for 90 total yards and a touchdown. Um, and he also got tackled on like the one yard line too. And then that set up the Rogers rushing touchdown. So Dylan almost had an even better day. Um, both of these guys going into their bye week this week. So it'll be interesting to see coming out of the bye, how they're going to allocate touches in this backfield. I, I have to think that Aaron Jones is going to take back over or at least be the lead back. But the way AJ Dylan's been playing, I don't necessarily know that it's going to go back to how it was with Dylan just not getting very much work. So we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on that. And that's going to be um, a huge thing for Mike to be able to navigate, especially during the playoffs to know who to start. And the final thing for Mike in this matchup, the Knox and the Myers trade. What a trade to pull out a win. Knox had 16 for him and he had Myers in his flex, needed a flex player. 12 out of Myers, just a huge boost for his team to get a win this week. That was an awesome deal for him to get done before uh, before the week started. So congrats on that one working out for you, Mike. And then now that we're in the middle of the, the recaps, we'll go to Hamza and Tyler, kind of one of the uh, less impactful uh, matchups for the week. And of course, Hamza is going to get another win by less than 10. 
only 115 points, which is the third lowest score in a win all year, uh, just to keep that winning streak alive at 11, you know, so he's got to keep it rolling, got to extend it as far out as possible. Um, so sticking with Hamza's side of the matchup here, McLaurin barely gets him the win on Monday night. We kind of thought it was going to be easy. He only needed three points, but McLaurin going four for 50, uh, made, made him sweat it out at least just a little bit. Um, uh, and Jonathan Taylor too, was having an awful game until the last very, very last drive of regulation in that game where he ended up getting 58 yards and scored the game tying touchdown um, that saved his day and kind of saved Hamza from having a, a really, really bad week. Um, he still had 17 points. He's still going to be the first pick next year, uh, pending injuries or anything weird happening. So not, nothing really to see here or worry about with Taylor. So um, just, just not his greatest game. Uh, Miles Gaskin with two touchdowns, another big week, another week over 15 points. So he looks like a locked in starter, just set it and forget it flex type of player. Um, so, you know, he's gotten lucky with some, some touchdowns and they do have a bye week coming up and Malcolm Brown is expected to be back in the mix. So that the goal line role was Malcolm Brown's role before he got hurt, but with how successful Gaskins has been, especially out of the wildcat, they, they direct snap it to him inside the five yard line. It feels like almost every time. And so he's been so good in that role that I can't imagine that they're going to go away from what's been working for them. And final note on Hamza's team, um, Higby is elite. One catch, three yards. Right? No? Okay, I feel like Hamza's just holding Higby at this point just to spite me because I've been telling him how bad Higby is all year. Um, he cites, like, you know, targets inside the five-yard line, and I, I say, okay, cool, that's translated to, like, what, three touchdowns and no yardage? So um, I, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know if Higby's going to step it up or what's going to go on here, but, you know, uh, just something to note. And then on Tyler's side of the matchup, Javante almost got him the win, made a trade for him, got him 18 points in his flex spot. Um, and it look, he looks to be locked in starter for, for Tyler moving forward. Javante's been fairly solid all year, and he's got a good role in the passing game. He gets enough carries to matter and, you know, mixes in touchdowns. So hopefully he's able to continue to, pr to produce for Tyler and help put him over the top in one of his sackable matchups. A couple disappointing performances. I don't know what happened with Zeke. I mean, he got into the end zone, but only nine carries. We did hear about his knee injury, but then Jerry Jones came out this week and has said that they expect him to get a big workload this week. So I really don't know what to expect from Zeke. Um, I'm hoping he's starting to feel better. Hopefully he'll start taking back over, but him and Pollard are looking like a good one-two punch and, and almost like Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Pollard's kind of worked his way into being a very fantasy relevant player. And Lamar with only nine points. I, I don't know what happened. I, I do know that like at the end of the half, they just kept giving it away, giving it away both teams. Um, that game was just unwatchable. So I, I think this is one you can just flush for Lamar and just obviously the, Tyler doesn't have a choice but to keep rolling him out there. But only a few more points from Lamar and he gets a win this week. So that's definitely disappointing on, on Lamar's end. So moving into Stevie Moe and Jared's matchup, um, this ended up being a super important matchup for the playoff standings because of Jared's status uh, at six and five or six and four going into the week. Um, all of us that ended up at six and six after the week were rooting hard for Stevie Moe this week, and he ultimately came through. Um, he had one of his best weeks. He had 132 points in kind of a downscoring week. Um, and that Allen and Diggs combo came through for him big time. Uh, again this week with with both of them having huge totals. 
Um, he had a sneaky pickup with Michael Gallup um, with CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper both ending up being out. He got a good, solid 13-point week from him. And Pollard also paid off in a big in a big uh, way as well uh, for 14 points going against Jared, who had just cut him a couple weeks back. So that ended up being a big one for Stevie Mo. Um, for Jared, Russ, Thielen, and Jacobs all had solid days. Uh, but the rest of his team just ultimately let him down. Only 1.8 from Metcalf. Um, I think that's kind of a big concern at this point. Might have to consider benching him. I don't really know what's up. Um, they didn't target him that much. Didn't have a catch until very late in the game. Um, so just a really weird situation with Metcalf. Hopefully they get this figured out. Um, and then Swift getting hurt early on was really tough. He only had three catches, no rushes yet in the game before leaving, and ultimately ended up with only two points. So that, that definitely hurt Jared as well. Um, and going into the final matchup of the week was me and Jordan. Very big playoff implications for this one again, but really not much to report here. My team totally laid down, and Jordan's team was awesome. So for on my end... Hertz had 6.8 total points, but 7.7 .7 on the ground. So he had negative points in the passing game. Just absolutely brutal. Um, I know Ward and Rager both dropped touchdowns, but I don't really care about that. I mean, he just wasn't good. Um, so hopefully he's able to bounce back next week. He has been awesome all year. So, I mean, I'm just complaining, but, um, you know, it was a bad performance. And then my entire team, besides by DST, failed to hit their projection, and a lot of them by not even half of the projections. So just a horrible week, 84 points, just a big, big yikes. Um, hopefully this is anomaly and I can get, get right over the next two weeks. Uh, for Jordan, this was obviously an excellent week, a huge win, got to within 1.3 points of me as well, made up 50 points on me this week. Um, so that's huge for him and his playoff chances if he is going to ultimately jump me to get into the, the top six. He had a huge week with T Higgins. So that has to be an encouraging side for his receivers, potentially another flex option for him. Over 100 yards and a score and had another touchdown called back due to, to penalties. So just a great week from T Higgins, his biggest boom. Um, Chubb in Cup had uncharacteristically bad weeks, uh, especially Chubb with only four points. They'll bounce back. They're going to be fine and it's going to help Jordan over the next couple weeks. So looking at the boom of the week and the bust of the week, I'm breaking my rule on the boom of the week because Leonard Fournette was just awesome. 40 points, four touchdowns, went off for Matt, almost was single-handedly with Gibson, I guess, but almost was single-handedly responsible for pulling him up above Mike. Um, you know, in such a close matchup, what a performance from Fournette. Um, and then bust of the week goes to Jake Elliott, Tyler's kicker, uh, one point one point in a matchup that came down to like four and a half points. Um, just to, come on, Elliot, like let's help Tyler out here. And the last segment for today is going to be the standings update. So we're going to try and focus in on the situations that really matter going forward into the playoffs. So starting with the one seed, sorry, Hamza, that means not a lot of an analysis for you. Um, with the win, you clinch the one seed. So congrats and, you know, look forward to your week 16 exit. Um, and then Mike back up into the two seed after his win, uh, seven and five in good shape. Now two losses could still get him bounced from the playoffs theoretically. Um, but with his healthy point total, I don't think that that's very likely to happen. He's 60 points ahead of me and Jordan who are kind of the battling for the six seed down there. So, um, I don't see that being a big concern. And so we're just going to move off of Mike. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll look into it a little bit closer next week. 
Um, so Jared comes in at the third seed this week with a record of seven and five. I mean, he's the one that's really vulnerable out of these next couple of, of teams here um, because he's actually behind Jordan and I by 40 points. Um, so luckily for him, Jordan and Craig play each other this week, which guarantees he stays in the top six for this week, even with a loss. Um, but he gets me this week and then he gets Gavin next week. So he needs to try and figure out a way to win one of those two matchups to kind of secure his spot in the playoffs. Um, Craig comes in at the four seed this week, uh, dropping one spot. Um, so he still has the most points, so he's still in a good spot, but he is playing Jordan this week. Who's coming in. It's just been on a heater. I don't know if anybody's really been paying attention, but he's five and one over his last six games. So, um, they both need this win badly because there's a chance that Gavin and I both win this week, which ultimately would push the loser of this matchup into sixth, uh, into seventh place. So either keep Jordan in seventh or Craig would fall to seventh if Jordan beats him and Gavin and I both win. Um, if Craig loses, that is not a good situation for everybody else that is going to end up ahead of him, except for Jordan, obviously. Jordan needs to win, so that that's not uh, applicable to Jordan. But Craig can pass everybody who loses because of total points in the final week of the season. So um, that's definitely going to be an interesting dynamic to watch play out over here over the next couple weeks. Um, coming in at the five seed is Gavin. He's 15 points behind Craig in, in total points for the season, um, but they're both way ahead of everybody else. Um, and Gavin's up 60 on Mike, who's in third place. Um, and Gavin rolls in playing against Matt and Matt's been putting up solid totals. He has a good team. So there's definitely some potential in this matchup for an upset. Um, but I'm, I'm guessing that Gavin is, has his eyes kind of set on that two seed more than his concerned about missing the playoffs. So, um, hopefully his team can keep rolling and, and really give him a shot going into the final week of the regular season to push for that two seed. So I'm hanging on by a thread to sixth place. Um, I'm only 1.26 up points up on Jordan for the whole season in points four. Um, I had that putrid performance this week against Jordan. Um, and so these next two matchups are huge for me. Um, I have a matchup with Jared, which is going to be the matchup of the week or, or maybe second, you know, but uh, because Craig and Jordan are playing, but that one has huge playoff implications and, and I need to win this matchup against Jared to keep this interesting for the possible overall playoff picture because I would then pass Jared in the standings if I do beat him this week. Um, I also get Hamza in the final week of the season, and his team is full of buys in week 14. Um, so hopefully I'm able to roll a, a roll in week 14 and get a win there. And so that makes this week super, super, super important for me. So as I mentioned before, Jordan has pulled himself out of the one and five hole that he was in to get to six and six with a five and one record over his last six and is giving himself a legitimate shot at the playoffs. Um, in four of his last five matchups, he beat me, he beat Matt, he beat Jared, and he beat Gavin, all directly helping his case to be able to get into the playoffs. And he gets another opportunity to do just that against Craig this week. So Jordan's been on a roll, and we'll see if he can continue to, to stay on that roll against arguably the best team, arguably the hottest team as well in the league. So going down into the final three seeds here, Matt is likely out, although he's not mathematically eliminated by any stretch. Um, he'd need two straight wins and then two losses from me and from Jordan. 
Um, Jordan and I don't play, so there's at least a chance that that happens. And he only needs to make up 17 points on us. He's right there in points. So if that does play out that way, then Matt would be able to get into the playoffs. So definitely still alive, but very much a dark horse at this point. Um, Stevie Mo needs the same thing as I just explained with Matt, except for he's 137 points behind Jordan and I. So that makes overcoming that point total over two weeks really difficult. And I don't really see that being an avenue for him to get in. Um, and then Tyler has been mathematically eliminated at this point. So see you in the sack Tyler. Okay, and that's it for this one. I'm going to do the previews tomorrow. I know I've been doing the previews as part of the recaps and standing updates, but I will do the uh, the previews in tomorrow's podcast. Thanks again for listening. Um, this is getting super exciting. I don't know about you guys, but I can't remember it ever being quite this competitive coming into the last couple weeks here uh, as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. And I, I've, I love that we have this extra week here too. So it gives us a little bit more opportunity to kind of run each other down for playoff spots. So it's going to stay really competitive and I'm really excited to see how this all plays out. So talk to you guys tomorrow. 